big debates, unpopular opinions, and a whole lot more. Oh yeah, it's the Once Around Podcast, baby. Hello and welcome back to the Once Around Podcast. I'm Ben. Today we've got a full house. We've got Luke, Kai, Ed and Cam. And for the first time in over two months, Derby County have won a game. We have won 1-0 to Millwall away. Gary Rowett is in the mud. Millwall fans are crying. And the people of Derby are celebrating, rejoicing. I had fireworks outside my house last night. I'm not joking. I, it's been it's been coming for a few games, but Wayne Rooney has finally pulled it off. Uh, Cam, how impressed are you with the performance uh, yesterday? It was similar to the performances earlier this week. We just were dogged and determined enough to get the win, which is exactly what we needed. I think we've all spoken about on previous podcasts. We don't care how it looks at this moment in time. It's results that matter and... We found a way to get a win. It wasn't a particularly exciting game for the neutral. There weren't too many opportunities in the game. The opportunities there were typically came from mistakes. So it was going to, you you would imagine it was going to be decided by a goal, but usually when Derby take the lead, that doesn't happen. But it did happen yesterday and it's, it's massive for the club. It's given everybody a massive lift. So pleased for the players. So pleased for, for Rooney and the coaches. Yeah. And so, that was so a, pleased for us. That was a but, nervy... 20 minutes, though, uh, towards the end, wasn't it? But how, how confident do you feel? did you feel that we could actually see it out? Not very, because of what's happened in the last two games. But I think the that Curtis Davis was immense, um, won everything that was thrown at him. I think Bielik was immense uh, in, in, in the centre of our pitch. Shinny was as well when he was on, until he had to be taken off before he could have potentially been sent off, because he was, it was that type of game for him. He was, he was chasing down everything. He was last-ditch tackles, everything. It was a really solid performance. Three standouts for me were, were Josviat, Bielik and Davis. I thought they were all terrific. And I thought um, you could see that they had actively improved on closing down our opponents since the disastrous last goal for Coventry. You know, there was ample opportunities for Millwall to shoot from the edge of the area and we closed it down and made it difficult for them. We forced them into long balls into the box, which normally is their forte, but Davis played very well and when called upon, Marshall had another solid performance. He won't get many plaudits, but he did. And, you know, it's our second clean sheet of the season and and it was a very similar game to Norwich. I think Millwall were just a, um, a poorer team, but just so happy, so happy for players they needed that they were desperate for that we needed that as fans and we have something to be excited about now and in light of everything else that happened but before kickoff I think it's I'm so proud of Derby County yesterday yeah absolutely um obviously there was uh booing uh before the uh start of the game as the players took the knee for the Black Lives Matter movement um and Yes, a lot of members of the club have come out to criticise and berate the Melbourne fans, rightly so. Um, and we stand in full support with the players, the staff and the club. Ed, uh, one player who can mention was an absolute standout was Christian Bielik, our star signing, our most expensive signing of all time. Does he look like the price tag he was bought for? Oh, it's 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 hard to say. It's his second game back. I think I think when it comes to price tag stuff, you got to look after a season probably. But at the moment, is he on course to to look double that, triple that? Yeah, 
he everyone always calls him a Rolls Royce. He really is a Rolls Royce of a player in, in the middle of the park. I think before before he came back from his injury at the start of the season and over pre-season, I think all his fans were sort of thinking, oh yeah, so if we're playing a back four, um, back three, back five, maybe putting him as the third centre back, maybe that would work out. But from the, these past performances, I do think that he is better in that centre of midfield with, with I thought that dynamic between Shinny Knight and Bielik in midfield was second to none I think we've got to try and utilise that as best as we can I think when Bird came on he, he was he was decent enough he did a decent enough job in, in, in midfield as well so you know can't discount him too much but I think in, in this month it's going to be crucial to try and keep those three as one unit I think that's the unit in midfield that we need to take forwards but he, he was Massive. I, th- I think against Coventry, he had a really good game, Bielik. But it was a different sort of game to yesterday. Yesterday, he was scrappy. He, he showed more defensive qualities, whereas with, against Coventry, he was kind of passing it, pinging the ball around. But he, he's an all-round player. And, and it's it's nice to finally get to see that after such a long time out. And, and fair play to him. You know, ACLs aren't the easiest thing to come back from. That's great for Scythe. But he, he looks immense just generally in, in his all, all his play yesterday. Yeah, no, uh, incredibly impressive. What a, what a player and, you know, for the rest of the season to have someone like him, it's, it's hard to see any way that we go down. Yeah, no, this is going to be quoted now. Um, Kai, Craig Forsyth for me was another standout player. How how important do you think it's going to be to see that rotation in that left back spot between the inexperienced but raw talent of Buchanan and the experienced but but still talent of Forsyth? It's a bizarre situation that we find ourselves in once again because we'd all written Cray Forsyth off after the start of the season he'd had it wasn't the best and here he comes out again with another solid performance. It gives Rooney a headache for Wednesday night, Tuesday night, whenever we play again. I think it's is it Wednesday night? Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Um, so, but I mean, you'll probably settle different. You'll, again, you'll settle differently for Brentford as you did to Millwall. Buchanan probably will be in maybe for his bit more attacking prowess. I know Fozzie did brilliantly with the cross, and it was a trademark Craig for side cross again, whipped straight in onto Waghorn's head. He's one of those ones where he gives you a 9 out of 10, then the next week it's a 4 out of 10. So if he keeps the consistency, then again the place will swing more into his favour, but Buchanan's always working in the wings. Buchanan's had a very solid start to the season. And when he's out of the team, he probably has a reason to question why, but I think sometimes for fitness as well, being a young lad, he doesn't. He didn't really play this many games at this sort of... Uh, intensity during the under-18s, under-23s periods. So they're both doing well. It's an area where we've had to sort of improve because of the likes of Lowe going. And I know Malone's not the greatest, but he was still another player to add to that situation. So, yeah, Buchanan's added nicely to it and he's made an impressive start to the season. And Craig Forsyth was very good yesterday and I'm not one of his biggest fans, so... Always quite nice to have that situation. Yeah, and and for Buchanan, if you did want to fit Buchanan and Forsyth in there, 
would you rather play Forsyth or Buchanan at centre back? Because while Matt Clark is a good player and he's been slightly shaky the past couple of games, especially yesterday, um, taking a few too many touches, dribbling a bit too far inside his own half. We don't really have another left-footed centre-back, proper centre-back. And that's where Buchanan came through as as a centre-back for the under-18s, under-23s. So could you see Buchanan playing there? I think he's more physically set up for the left-back role in senior football anyway. Maybe during his younger years, it was probably a bit easier to get away with. But when you look at the likes of Akin Fenwar, say, in the same league, I wouldn't really give him much of a chance against him. So Forsyth's probably your main choice for the left centre-back if Clark's not there. But as shaky as Clark's been, I don't think there's anyone better than him in that sort of left centre-back role to replace him, which is a bit irritating because Clark needs to step up his game. After how good he was last season, he's not started this one well. And he made a lot of mistakes again yesterday, but we got away with it. And that's all that matters in the reality of it. Uh, Luke, the transfer window is less than four weeks away. What areas in the squad do you feel we still need to strengthen after seeing Rooney's style of football and the intensity that they play at where players are really coming into their own? So where where do we invest to probably get the best out of Rooney's tactics? A goal scorer. It does not matter where they play, just someone who can find the back of the net. Because I mentioned this in the last podcast, but the fact we can only score one goal a game is really worrying and it makes it harder to see our games. I know your natural instinct when you think goal scorer is to sign a striker and I think dropping Colin after how well he's been playing will be unfair because he's playing really well, but we need someone who's going to score goals. It could be Jordan I before we know, or it could be another winger or another midfielder, but we need a goal scorer. It does not matter where they come from. It could be a centre-back like Aidan Flint when he got 15 goals a season. We just need someone to find the back of the net and help us score more than one goal a game. Yeah. Any other positions? Uh, I would not buy a midfielder. I think we're too stacked to midfielders. Wingers, maybe we could just do with someone to push Jaws, Lawrence, and Arbor, but just a bit more, bit more. Maybe a young lad, Waghorn as well, and Waghorn and Whitaker. Maybe not a winger then. We're pretty stacked there. <laughs> We're stacked all over. We've got a big hmm. squad. I don't think we obviously we need to improve, but I think we should sell before we buy again because the squad's that big. Do we need another uh, midfielder? I, I'd say because I know we were linked with was it short Matty Longstaff. I was just about to talk about Newcastle yeah. midfielder. I, I, I don't think I don't think we need another midfielder like you said. <clears> I think if anywhere linked to what you were saying about Craig Forsyth and, and Buchanan, a left back or even another centre back. I know when we brought Big Mike in, we thought right, you know we've got quite a few defenders now. That's good depth, etc. But Matt Clark's going at the end of the season. We need to think about that going forward and like you were talking about a left-footed centre-back I was just googling just to see what Harrison Solomon's foot was I, I don't know whether he's a left-footed centre-back but oh. he's a youngster you know there's no point rushing him through but I, I think another defender in and amongst our defence would be a decent shout for January no, nothing too much though like 
if we can find goals, brilliant. But the, I, don't, I don't think there should be too much pressure if we can get to safety in January. Do we need another defender, though? We've already got, but, like, I know we've got people who aren't playing, which may, may look like they're not good enough. But is it? do we need more players to add? Because money's already an issue. I know we keep talking about these new owners coming in, but at the minute, we don't have these new owners. So do we have this money to spend at the minute? No. I think a position we need to improve in is right-back. I would improve it right-back before I improve it left-back. I think the only other player other than Nathan Byrne who can play there is Wisdom, and I think you get a poorer version of Andre Wisdom in that position. I much prefer Wisdom at a centre-back position. And I am one of the few Derby fans. I don't think Byrne's been bad, but I don't think he's been as excellent as some of the, the credit he's got. And some pl- one player in particular that has, um, within the last 24 hours, vocally been dissatisfied with the club he's at, who I think is an excellent right-back, is Romeo, who we played yesterday for Millwall. If that became an option, I think he, whenever we play Millwall... He is their best player and he plays in a position which is certainly not our best position. And I think that we have regressed in that position since allowing Jaden Bogle to go to the Premier League. So I think that's a position we could definitely improve on. I don't think we need a centre-back unless you get rid of someone like Tavirk, then you do. But I don't know if Tavirk's part of these plans. I'm pretty sure he's a bit frustrated right now. He's committed to coming over to the UK and, you know, he's essentially been forgotten about so to speak so um yeah you also have Bielik you can play there so I'm not sure that that centre-back is that big of an issue uh I, I agree I think we potentially need some some additions at fullback um or decisions need to be made on players at fullback like is Scott Malone going to be with the club I very much doubt he is uh so you know that's another another tick maybe for another left back but um I think fullback is our weakest position at the moment in the club Buchanan looks great but can't play three games in a week and there's inconsistencies with every other player who plays at that position. So that's the position I'd look to maybe improve on and a centre-forward, in my honest opinion, because, yes, Kazim has been excellent, but I think he visibly was tired yesterday. He was more out of the game than the two games prior. Uh, you know, he's in his mid-30s. Wagon can't lead the line by himself. You have players like Bobby Duncan in the ranks who maybe could come in and do a job, maybe Stretton, but there isn't that physical powerhouse that can lead from the line. And, and if we are going to commit to Rooney, which we'll talk about later, that looks like the type of system he wants, a physical forward. So I think that's another position that I would I'd definitely look at as well. Also, I think it's worth mentioning, Curtis Davis isn't getting any younger. He's going he's gonna to retire at some point. He's been one of our best performers at centre-back as well. Precisely, precisely. So it, he's been for me, the two it's not wins. necessarily, for me, getting a new centre-back or new defender generally, it's not about adding another name to the list. It's about adding a big name in defence because as much as, you know, when we signed Big Mike, he was the captain of Groningen. We sort of thought, oh, this might be a good shout. We got him on a free. But he wasn't a big name that kind of... Would you take Phil Jones? If Phil Jones was offered to us, would you take Phil Jones? 100%. 100%. Phil Jones would be the best... Phil Jones would be the best centre-back in the Championship, realistically. Yeah, easily one of, yeah. But it would be a risk, but it's a risk worth taking. You know, we risked Lampard. It turned out all right, didn't it? So we as a club take risks, and it's just whether or not these owners, fingers crossed, these owners are going to take risks or whether they're going to want to go mm. with dependencies on like sort of the championship-style players. But we, we do need... I, I think we need a defender generally. But we've got big might, what can I say? Do you reckon... Anyway... The- this is probably a bit hypothetical, 
But Lampard wants to send Tomori out on loan. Would, could you see that happening again, or do you reckon it will go? I, I don't think we get two centre backs, both Clark and Tomori, on loan. I, I think one on loan is enough because then if Clark and Tomori become like the best partnership oh, in the championship, God. the heartbreak again. Yeah, they they just both go, those, and, the, and we can't get Clark going. back for another uh, another season. And Tomori would only be here for half the season. And if we don't go up, then. It, hey. I think it's more of a question of staying. Before you say, anyway. if we don't go up, it's mm-hmm. more like, if we don't stay up. Yeah, we need to stay right up now. first before um, going up. I, just something that has only just dawned on me. Again, it is dependent on this takeover, because ultimately we're all waiting on this takeover. And if it does or doesn't happen, there's lots of rumours going around. Ultimately, I just think it's slow. We said this in podcasts gone by. It takes a while for some reason. But it, if Clark doesn't have that good of a season with us, He's, he's playing all right. I think most of us would take him permanently, right? Am I the only one thinking that? I, yeah, I would take on the him money. permanently. If he was on a decent deal, I'm worried I'd take about, him. I think Brighton were one of those clubs where they'd probably try and rinse you. For they would, but, but that was going to be my question, was would you take Clark if we had the money to with this new takeover at the end of this season? Because personally, I think I would. I wouldn't pay any more than four million for him. I don't say, think he's any better than five. that. Exactly. You say, if we get him a decent deal, what do you see a decent deal for Clark being? No, I mean, I mean, as as a club, a decent deal for the club. No, but in your eyes, what in your eyes, what do you see this decent deal being? Swapping Price places wise. for them. Because the, the thing is, the thing is, with with Brexit happening, you've seen all the all the stuff about signing players from abroad. Go on, um, <laughs> there's going to be more emphasis on homegrown players. And homegrown players are going to start increasing in price. English English um, players in the Prem, you know, like Ben Chilwell, players like that, they're going for fifty million. And and so someone like Matt Clark, who's what twenty four now, I think, English playing for Brighton, his price is going to go up, whether he plays well or not. So I'm not saying for a second that I think we can get him on some cheap deal, but I'd just be curious to see whether with the takeover, whether or not they wanted to, you know, sign sign someone that has been at the club for two years. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I was just curious what everyone else thought. I'd, I'd just be scared that Clark, even if he did sign on a permanent, it still would be used as a stepping stone club. And I think that's something we just need to iron out of our, of our personality as a club. We can't be a stepping stone club forever. It, it, we're going to be we, a stepping we, stone club for as long as we're in a championship, though. There's always a next level when you're... Oh, so we're only, we're only a stepping stone club for a few more months then. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the League One club. And it, at the end of the day, as long as you... If you're not Liverpool, a City, a Chelsea, no matter who you are, if you're not a top six club in our, in any country, really, you're going to be a stepping stone club. We're a stepping stone for Josviak. We're a stepping stone for Bielek. We're a stepping stone for Rooney, to be honest. And Rosinia. The, the whole lot of them, basically. There's only a few players that won't get a better deal than us right now. And that's basically the over 30s now because there's not much we can do to stop a player like Kamil Josviak from going to a team like I don't know and like say Brighton because they've got a better infrastructure in terms of where they are in the league their financial background and their ambitions so it's just one of those things it's not going to change for a while now well, a, a team like Brighton could still easily go down. 
I thought Bournemouth would stay up for a while, and I thought Watford could stay up for a while, and they both shocked us and both came down. Yeah, Watford was up for five years. It's quite a while. Watford will go up anyway, I reckon, in the next couple of years. But Bournemouth, Bournemouth were always going to come down at some point. The, the actual club itself isn't big enough. I know it's... But the way they're they sold, were going to come down eventually. Look at the stadium and everything. So Brighton, Brighton have got the pulling power for everything to stay in that league for a while. They might come down eventually, but look at Palace. We all thought they'd come down a few years ago and they're still a mid-table side in the Premier League. It's just one of those things. And I don't know why we're mentioning Brighton as much. I know Matt Clark, but Clark's going to want to stay at Brighton more than he's going to want to stay at us because they're in a better position and it's better for his career. Yeah, right. Uh, let's move on a little bit from all the Matt Clark talk. Uh, Cam, Steve McLaren has been at the club for a couple of games now, uh, I think four or five. Do you see his influence on the team in terms of the style of play, the the desire from the players, or do you think we need to wait a little bit longer to properly see what he's doing? I think it's easy to give Steve McLaren credit because many of our fan base wouldn't like to admit that maybe the person we all blame, Rain Rooney, is having a bit of a say in, and, and, a, and a, more than a say than anybody in this. I think Rooney is relying on McLaren for maybe, uh, you know, how to deal with man management of, of specific players. But I think from the tactical side of it, I really do believe that that is Rooney, uh, Rossinia, Given, Walker, the whole coaching team. And I think that now that there is a, a focal point of that coaching team in, in, in Rooney, I think that they deserve more credit than, than Steve McLaren, in all honesty. Because, you know, McLaren was here. I know he was hired, I think it was the day before, very close to the Middlesbrough game. But he was there for that game. It was the worst game of the season. And I have no doubt that, you know, he's he's tried to have a word in the ear of some of the coaches and say, look, I've been in clubs like this before where, you know, the muckers hit the fans, so to speak. And, and this is how you try and spearhead through it. You need a focal point. You need leaders. You need experience. I believe that. But from the way our tactical approach to the last few games, the motivation of the players, I truly believe that probably comes from our coaches, not from Steve McLaren. Um, so I think a more direct answer to that is I think we need to see and, and wait and see what happens with the takeover and with an official manager before we have any real indicator on how much of an influence McLaren has had. But I think the last couple of games has become uh, more positive and had more of a focal point of it purely because, you know, we actually have a manager now or an interim coach. The last run I went on was about how there was no leadership in the club. I think that to his credit for all the criticism I gave him and all our fans gave him, I think Rooney has stepped up and has become uh, managerial, if you like, in the last couple of weeks. And I think that's, that's showing on the pitch. I would be, I'd much rather give credit to Rooney and the coaches before I would Steve McLaren. Um, but he, he's had some impact, it's obvious. But I think the bigger impact has been made by the focal point of, Rooney, this is yours. Take it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Rooney's really come out of the woodwork. And yes, we. Uh, I'd say Millwall are a better team than Coventry and Wickham, which make, makes it a bit strange to think that's where he got the win. But again just getting that philosophy of seeing games out, fighting till the end. I mean, against Millwall, he played a 7-3-0. We didn't have a striker towards the end of the game. We had 
seven defenders on the pitch. Uh, and it, ju- it just shows, yeah, it was a dirty win. We were, didn't play the most attractive football in the world, but we got a win. That's what matters. And somehow we're off the bottom. Um, it, I wouldn't be surprised if we're a few points above the relegation zone by the end of end of the month. We're not going to be bottom at Christmas, hopefully. At least three points from next. Yeah, week. you've got to beat teams around you. That's what you got to do at this mm. level. Now, Wednesday night's going to be difficult. I think we'll get onto that, but that'll be horrible to watch if it goes wrong. Yeah, let's get onto that now. Kai, how hopeful are you for Brentford? Really, not that hopeful. Um, they're one of, I'd say, the better side. They're one of the better sides to watch, I guess. I know they've lost the likes of Ollie Watkins and Ben Rama, but you don't lose a philosophy when you keep the same manager for years on end. So it'll be an interesting game. It'd be interesting to see how Rooney sets up for it. Because I imagine Kazim Richards will be pivotal in his role as a centre forward to hold the hold up play will be a massive addition to this, unlike last year against Brentford, where we tried to actually attack him and that went terribly to say the very least. So it's going to be different, but it'll be harder than Millwall. But it could also not be because the counter-attacking side of our game might come to more fruition because they're not going to be as cra- uh, camped into their boxes nor as other teams have been in recent weeks. So I can't really see a win happening, but maybe a draw. Maybe a draw. Luke, how many changes do we make, if any? For, for this Brentford game? Um, I really don't know. I wouldn't... I always go by don't change your winning side because that team won you the game. They played well. They probably deserved to play the next game. I don't think anyone in that 11 had a droppable performance. And I think when the subs came on, they came on and did their jobs and they changed the game. I know Cameron just typed in Holmes had a poor game. I don't know if Holmes played. He played a part in the win. I think he deserves to stay in. So I wouldn't change it because I think the style we played against Millwall won't suit Brentford. I think they won't like it. And I think we could probably dig deep and could possibly beat them. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, I know you were fairly vocal of your criticism of Holmes uh in in the game against Millwall. So for you, does Tom Lawrence come back into the side uh over Dwayne Holmes? I mean Tom's obviously a bit low on confidence. He he hasn't scored a goal this season, which he probably should have, some of some of the chances created for him, but then again the, the team have just been surprisingly awful. So does Tom Lawrence come straight back in? No, I would bring in Wagon in place of Holmes. Um, I think that Holmes was very good against Coventry and Wickham and was less good against Millwall. He he started his moments in the game, but the problem was when we got into the final third, his decision-making was awful. Uh, I would... Well, firstly, I don't think Tom Lawrence would make those decisions, but if he did make those decisions, I would um, hate to see what Twitter looked like after the game. But uh, Holmes is kind of Marmite. So half of our fans love him. Half of our fans don't like him. I'm somewhere in the middle. 
I think he's a little bit overrated with his performance, a little bit overrated with his talent, but, you know, he, he put in a really good shift with us in the last two games. He's the only one really of the 11, was why, was why I typed that in. He's the only one really of the 11 that I would think could be droppable. And I think someone like Waghorn in that position against Brentford provides more of an out ball. The problem with Kazim yesterday was he seemed isolated. There wasn't players taking chances on, on, on him winning the headers. I think in part that's because Holmes is out of position on the wing. He's not a true winger. We have two true wingers on the bench in Waghorn and, and Lawrence. If you're going to play Holmes, he has to play in the middle of that three, which means you have to drop Knight. And if it's between Knight or Holmes, for me, it's Knight all day long. So especially having scored yesterday the winner. So I think Waghorn should come in. I think Waghorn is also low on confidence, but I think that Waghorn is someone who needs the minutes. I honestly don't think Lawrence needs the minutes to have confidence. I really don't. I think Lawrence is a player that can come into a game and can impact it, whether he's low on confidence or not. But the worst thing to do to Lawrence is to keep playing him when he's out of form because he will just turn into this player that becomes overly aggressive, snaps, is going to get booked, potentially sent off, and the fans are just going to get more and more on his back. So I'd rather start Waghorn, who's more of a fan favourite, and no one will get on his back against Brentford if it's a difficult game, versus if Lawrence started, everyone would be on his back at Brentford, and it is a difficult game. I'm not expecting us to get a result. If I am, it would be a draw. So if you start Lawrence in that game and we lose 2 or 3-0, Lawrence could hit the bar three times, but he'd be the reason we lose the game. Waghorn could do the same. He would not be the reason we lose the game. So in a game where you're not expecting a positive outcome, in my opinion, I don't think you start Lawrence. You start Waghorn and you allow him to build up his fitness and minutes back on the pitch. Because when he came on yesterday, he had an influence in the game. And that would be who I would go with. It would be the same team apart from that. Maybe Buchanan, but honestly, I'd probably start for Scythe because you're going to be you're going to be held in more um, against Brentford and for Scythe in my opinion is better defensively than Buchanan at this moment so I would start the exact same team with the exception of Waghorn for Holmes Ed we saw Jordan Ibe feature for the first time in the matchday squad um, on Saturday does he come on uh, against Brentford or do you leave it for, until Stoke I suppose for a slightly easier game where he, he can have a bit more of the ball, a bit more of a run. It's it's tricky because, I mean, I'd leave him as long as possible, to be honest. And I don't mean that in a sense of, of just letting him just sit on the bench. Like if, if, if he comes on, brilliant. It, it'll probably make an impact, but it depends when and where. But if, uh, I'd rather him, you know, because I, I think some people said because of this illness, I think it was gastroenteritis, wasn't it? Um, it, it kind of set him back a bit, and even and he's trained well, which is I think why he was brought in so soon. I think some some um, sources were saying that he, he wouldn't really be properly back until after Christmas. But I, for that reason, I wouldn't rush him. But if he came on and made an impact on Wednesday, or Wednesday, let's say, what's the point in then not seeing where he where he? Plays? I think it's that same dilemma that Cam was talking about with you know Dwayne playing a bit. Paul, well, not poorly, but not having the greatest game yesterday. You've then got sort of Lawrence or Waghorn or like Whitaker to come on. It's a shame we can't just go right. We'll give Iber go because I think Wednesday's not the right time to do that. If it was a different sort of opponent, I'd, I'd think why not just chuck Iber on. But it, it was great seeing him in, in the squad yesterday. Uh, I think it was quite a welcome surprise, and I'm, I can't wait to see him on the pitch again. But I'm not going to be too disheartened if it's not anytime soon. But also, I'd love it when it does happen. 
Um, but for, for, for Wednesday, I, <laughs> just like any game, you could see it. You could see us winning it. You could see us drawing it. You could see us losing it. There's so many different ways it can go. No, they're I, the only three ways it could go. No, I know, I know. And I, I do think a draw is likely, especially off the back of a win. I think I think we're going to be more positive as a team. I could, I could see a draw, but but with I, it would be nice to see him off the bench, but also yeah. not not too worried about rushing him back. Yeah. Uh, put a number to your confidence, then, Ed. What what's your score prediction? I think we'll concede two, and I think we'll score two because I think it's been that long since we've scored two that even though we might drop two points if we draw. I think I think we'll score two. So I think two two. Um I think we might go in the lead actually at a one nil. I think they might go two one up and then we might go two all. I'd say Colin scoring one of them. And I don't know, like Josviak scoring his first goal, let's say. That, that, that's my two. And then uh Ivan Tony scoring a double because he just scores every week. Uh, I'm going to do mine next because I always come to myself last. Um, personally, for me, I, I think it's going to be a 1 1. And I think that Max Bird's going to score his first goal. Why not? I, it'd be nice to see. Uh, Luke. I'm going to be the Ben of the podcast for this week. And I'm going to say 1 0 Derby. Massive. I think we are going to sit back and I think we're going to annoy them. I think we're going to squeeze and make the pitch as tight as possible so they can't spread it across, they can't play it out. And I think we're just going to sit back, annoy them, take our time as much as we can, hit them on the break, 1-0 win, and see it out. Yeah. Cameron Storer, where do you see this game going? I think probably with Watford away, this is potentially the hardest game of the season. Maybe Reading away, because Reading have looked good and they look good when they played us on the opening day. I think we're going to lose. I was very positive before the the Millwall game because I could see that there was a determination and a confidence starting to build, and we have that. So logically, you would think, well, surely that will continue. But I think that... We are playing a different breed of opponent on Wednesday night. I think we're playing a team that's very well drilled and a team that likes to score goals. And, you know, we can argue all day long what's our biggest weakness. Is it at the back or up front? It's a bit of both. That's why we are where we are. So I think that we will be exploited a bit at the back. I can see Brentford scoring two or three, uh, but they don't defend very well. I think they actually drew 2-2 yesterday. And against 10 men, if I remember correctly, I'm not sure. Um, I think it was against 10 men. Uh, So they clearly don't really have the impetus at the back. But I just don't see a scoring two. So I'm going to go 3-1 Brentford. And I'm going to go for Martin Waggon to score a free kick for us as ever and for us to concede several times. I don't necessarily think that's panic stations. Derby Twitter might go into meltdown. I really don't think it should, um, because I I don't think we... I just think they're going to be better than us, ultimately. It's not a case of, you know, we've regressed or been poor. Brentford are just better than us at this minute, and that's why I think they'll probably beat us on Wednesday. 
yeah, they are just a Premier League team in waiting. Kai, finally, where do you see the game going? I sort of agree with Cam. I think they are just too strong for us. I can't see us getting much out of the game, if anything. I think they'll beat us 2-0. There's not much we can do to stop that. I just They're just going to be a better side in midfield, better side up front, better defensive side. And that will just come to fruition against us. I don't think we'll have the ability to score against them because the goals we have scored this season, they've not been great. There have been a lot of tap-ins and whatever, or free kicks. So I don't think Brentford really have the, they have the ability to stop that on like clubs like Millwall, Wickham, Coventry. So, yeah, I think 2-0 to uh, uh, what are they called? Bradford. Yeah, that, so, that, that one. The bees. The, the yeah, one. I, and they went Bradford at one point. So, But, yeah, I mean, it's nothing to worry about. Again, they're just a stronger side than us. And it, it's all about next week. It's not on about this Wednesday's game. It's on about Saturday against Rotherham. And if we get a result there. Is it... it... We are playing Stoke on Saturday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was looking far too far into the future. <laughs> we have we have three very hard games. Yeah. I actually had to look to remind myself because I didn't know who we were playing next Saturday. We have Brentford, Stoke, and Swansea. Those are three very difficult games. I think and if we, we get can get then we get yeah, Rotherham. Yeah, and then we have an easier spell. Rotherham, I think Sheffield Wednesday around there as well. So the next three games, I would take if we get four points from the next three games, we can be incredibly optimistic with that, in my opinion. I can't see us getting any more than that. And so long as we don't get zero, I don't think we should panic if we get much less than four. A draw, maybe two draws would be good. Three or four points is the target for me in the next three games. Either win one or avoid defeat in two, is my opinion. And um, I think Brentford are the best out of three. I think we have a chance against Stoke. You have a chance in every game. But I think this Brentford game on Wednesday is really the first game this season where I think we're going to see we'll lose and we can't really blame ourselves. The Every other game we've lost this season, we've been a poor performance. We've put out a poor account of ourselves. I don't think we'll do that on Wednesday. I just think Brentford will be better than us. It's the sad truth. It's the sad truth. Well, I think we'll call it there. Thank you so much for listening to the Once Around Podcast. I've been Ben. I've been joined by Luke, Kai, Ed and Cam. And we'll see you next time when we've got some points on the board.